And welcome to another edition of Fire in the Mountain, Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast, episodes number 42, 43, and 44 tonight. And as always, or as most of the time, I'm joined by two of my co-hosts, Justin Edgel and Andy Waddell. Justin, how have you been doing these past couple of weeks? Doing really good. Uh, we've been struggling for a little bit to get this show in. I'm glad we're back. Um... Hopefully it lives up to the last time. That's <laughs> all I can hope for. I don't know if it will, but you know, that's all I can hope for. Yeah, the the last show was pretty epic. Andy, um, how have you been doing? I I know we've had some uh, personal <laughs> issues. So <laughs> everything smoothed out this week. Oh, it, it's getting there. I'm, I've been living a country song here lately. My mama broke her hip. The washing machine quit, and the faucet started leaking. So all I'm waiting for now is my truck to break down. Well, at least your dog didn't die. Nope, she's still alive for now. <laughs> Good deal. All right, so Andy tonight uh, have sounds like kind of sounds like a country song. No offense. It, it is. It is. It uh, is. That is my life. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Andy, tonight we're at Sullivan East High School in beautiful Bluff City, Tennessee. Now I'm a little bit more familiar with this, but would you like to educate the listeners on uh, well, Bluff City? <laughs> Well, Bluff City, and this will make sense later on when you see pictures of the audience, it is more or less in Kingsport where Eastman Chemical Company is. You know, not saying anything about Eastman, just saying, you know, it's awful close. And if you're making football bets, Sullivan East High School is the Patriots. Just saying. There you go. Uh, it's Kingsport, a step up from Oak Ridge, barely. Yes, we are actually not in the boonies right now. We are in a fairly metropolitan area, but yet we still look like we're in the boonies. <laughs> in 1992, I don't think we could get away from that. Even when they got <laughs> no, the big shows in Knoxville, it's it's just out there. All right, so we start out Dutch Mantel, uh, as he started doing lately, he's holding up signs. Uh, first sign says, do not adjust your TV. Bob always looks this way. Poor so, Bob. Then Bob huh. asks, he asked Dutch what the signs were, and he just says they were pieces of scrap paper. <laughs> uh, there is a good chemistry between Dutch and Bob that just cannot be beat. Yeah, I guess he looks a little bit, Bob looks a little bit better than he does now, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, to, for <laughs> Bob to look anyway right now is just impressive. I'll just put it out there. Uh, yeah, because when these tapings come out, he looks like he's probably pushing. I mean, just the way he looks, he looks like he's pushing 50 or 60, and that's, what, 20, 30 years ago now? Yeah, 25 years ago. So, I mean, it's, if he's 60, I mean, he's in his eight, He's definitely in his 80s now and, and still still on the right side of the dirt. So, good for Bob. Uh, we do have Nitro Danny Davis. He is alive, and he was at the desk. Um, he doesn't say much. He's got some something for Paul Orndorff later. Oh, boy. Match one, Reno Riggins against Paul Orndorff. And uh, there's a fan in the front row that uh, – there's a fan in the front row for some reason doesn't like <laughs> Reno Riggins. And if you watch the episode, you'll definitely notice this fan. Uh, I know there's some fans of the bad guys. I don't really think that was it. I just – think he had something against Reno Riggins. And I'd say he probably put his hand up for a high five and Riggins just walked by him would be my guess. Probably. Riggins has got this ponytail look, um, and he kind of looks like an Italian Tatanka. Is the <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, really. Where, where the hell was he going with that? Uh, what the hell is he going with that look? It's I, awful. I, I don't know. He look, uh, you know, you look, I think I've talked to you guys before about this. I guess it was offline, but there seems to be uh, several three buck bills in this promotion. But that's it's just the it's just, just the dress code. it's just nineteen ninety two. Oh, it's just it's a bad, it's just an awful look. <laughs> So Orndorff, he's blowing a gasket because the fans are chanting Paula, and they are into it. I mean, they're really giving him some heat on this. Uh, well, you know, you know, I've thought about this. The more you watch Paul, I, I think it was just, I don't think his daddy loved him enough, and he wants the audience to love him. Um, maybe his daddy loved him too much. Oh, they, oh well, God, okay. I mean, Justin, he, he does want to stick hell. people all the time. What's that? Uh, he is he is looking to stick a lot of people. So yeah, uh, right. exactly. I was just going to say that. Uh, Maybe that's uh, why he's trying to stick everybody. Okay, well, yes. open that can of worms. Uh, yeah, back to you, Bob. Uh, okay, so tassel. <laughs> Reno Riggins also has uh, tassels on his trunks. <laughs> um, or on his. Uh, yeah, was it on his? Tr- it was actually on his trunks. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, on his trunks like a Hawaiian skirt. It, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Snuka, he was not, and and Snuka didn't wear tassels either. He just beat the shit out of his women and yeah, that murder uh, allegedly, allegedly. Um, shit, the light in my guilty. office just went out when I said that. So I've got, I may be visited by the ghost of Jimmy Snuka if I am taken <laughs> out in the next few minutes. Then you know what happened. So, oh Lord. Okay. Um. There was a clean break by Paul Orndorff early in the match that makes the fans mad because he actually broke clean. <laughs> oh, God, these fans really, really hate Orndorff. Ronnie Garvin comes out to the desk, and Garvin wants Cottle to read a letter to Orndorff later. Uh, it doesn't say what's in the letter. He just wants him wants Bob to read a letter to Paul. A check yes or no. It's one of those letters. Dear John... So Orndorff suplexes Riggins into the corner buckle, and God Almighty, that was nasty. I I don't know if he meant to do that. Maybe he was just uh, maybe I don't know if he Lost. meant to do it. It was definitely uh, it was definitely vicious enough. Yeah. So yeah, Orndorff. Uh, th- that's how he gets the pin. Uh, definitely stuck it to Porino there. So Paul is now at, at the desk. And Bob calls, th- Paul thinks that Bob called him Paula. Cottle is acting, he's, he's very f- afraid for his life here. Because Wouldn't you be? Off the, yes, I would be. I mean, any guy that can kick Vader's ass and flip-flops, I'm not going to mess with. Okay, so he remembers Danny Davis's name today, which is a positive point in this whole conversation. And he's got a note from Armstrong that says at Thanksgiving Thunder, Orndorff is going to fight Ronnie Garvin and Danny Davis in a handicap match. So Orndorff, all of a sudden, he backtracks off the threat that he made last week. And he just, he he's lost it in this. Justin, yeah. Yeah, yeah he loses his train of thought again. You know, he, you know, last week he forgot Danny Davis's name. I mean, how the hell do you not know who Danny Davis is? It's, been around i guess at this point for years a yeah, decade been, or more and then around. he starts ripping the president <laughs> i guess it's clinton at the, <laughs> at the time yeah. like well, what 
I don't know. Uh, it was the South. We were definitely a very Republican. We still are a very Republican uh, state. Oh, sh- oh, well, sure. Oh, yeah. And, and I under- I get what he he just goes off the off the. He well, goes he, wacko here almost, and yeah, then and then it almost looks like Dutch is trying not to laugh at him, yeah, like because D- he Dutch in the background he, is making these faces like he's disgusted. Right. But you're probably right. He's trying not to laugh. Yeah, Paul definitely needed a manager. I mean, because the I mean, in the ring he's awesome. The mic skills are a little bit lacking because the, I don't know. There's not a coherent thought throughout the interview. Well, I'm he. He, he is a little more coherent than Terry Gordy was on the second or third episode. <laughs> well, yeah, no, uh, there's no doubt about that. But, but I mean, it almost makes it funny because I, I don't know. He'll he'll try to make a point, and then he stares off in space, like, "Well, oh, at least he's looking the at the rock." To say next. See, at least he's looking at and the he, camera and he, this and, time. And he has to like try to look at Dutch or something, or hell for that matter, Coddle. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to say next? And, the, and the, I don't know. It, well, I mean, to give Paul his credit, he was looking at the right camera this week. Well, actually, <laughs> yes, he was. He, he wasn't Pro- staring off into the wrong camera. Progress was made. Progress was made. Okay, so now Tim Horner's at the desk, and he's got this uh, totally 90s windbreaker on that everybody has seen if you were growing up in the 90s. And there is a kid in the crowd with a lightning bolt that um, he looks a li- looks a little special, maybe. Nope, just saying. Uh, Definitely. Uh, Tim Horner says. I imagine that. Basic. He basically says nothing. He's going to beat the dirty white boy at Thanksgiving Thunder. So match two: Paul Paul Lee and Jeff Daniels against the Rock and Roll Express. And the crowd, as always, definitely behind the Rock and Roll Express. Little Nate as strutting. Polly, uh, yes, he struts better yeah. than Buddy Landell. <laughs> no so doubt. Lee takes Morton down that- by the hair. Audibly, listen to this if you're watching the episode. Lee takes Morton down the hair. Morton calls for one more, and Lee gives him one more. And you can definitely hear that on TV loud and clear. He forgot that they have cameras now. It's new technology that they can get close oh. to the ring. No, oh, right, exactly. I mean, it, it, I was going to say the technology back then is yeah. uh, obviously a little less than it is now. Where you, you know, obviously they they know, you know yeah, they, they know more now that they can't get away with that. I mean, right? They have, I mean, he was he was almost screaming it. I mean, not screaming it, but it was it was very. It was loud. Yeah, it was too loud. Uh, so Grizzly Adams into the ring, um, which is Daniels. Yes, he's got a mullet, and Justin's. It is a re- prerequisite in the South in the yeah. late '80s to well mid '80s <laughs> to mid '90s, basically to have a mullet. It sure as hell seems like it is a, a law. Remember, this is the Billy Ray Cyrus uh, when he took off. Don't tell my heart, no, my can break it heart. So and I like country mu- country music now. Well, I have for <laughs> quite some time. That was pure shit. So. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just amazed that Jeff Daniels went from wrestling to Dumb and Dumber. I, that that's amazing transformation. Yeah, and he shrunk about two inches and. Yeah, that is hair, and he's a whole new person. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this. So, so it. Was he somebody that was around for quite some time, like a jobber, basically? I, like, uh, I don't think so. I don't know the guy. Uh, uh, okay. 
he kind of looks like a cross between Grizzly Adams and Henry Godwin, and and a red white and a red and white zebra. Sad but true. <laughs> Sad but true. So he takes the double drop kick and gets pinned because Paul Lee. Obviously, they need to protect his push. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Somebody's on Freebird Mountain today. Uh, so the heavenly bodies are now at the desk. Um, Cornette says that the face of fear is this crowd. Oh, God. Yes, Cornette hates this it, audience. Yeah, and he went with a Boo Radley crack. I mean, he probably is right. Those Billies probably don't know what that book is. I mean, hey, hey, yeah, hey, right. let me tell you something. Oh. Down here, there's only one book you need, and that's a good book. And if it ain't in there, it don't matter. Yeah, that basically. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 okay. I, 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 I don't even know what to say. I can't, I don't even have a retort to that. No, I, I actually have a good segue into this. As you can see very clearly on uh, the Heavenly Bodies standing at the desk stan lane is missing something he has hmm. he has gotten rid of the uh, uh the the raccoon or whatever he had on his head and in tribute the only thing that i can think is this was stan lane's tribute to his weave as he sends it off down the uh, stream and lights it on fire like they do uh, uh with one of those indigenous tribes West Virginia down to Tennessee I'll be moving with the good long speed Carrying your love with me It's my strength for holding on Can you hear him singing? That I, have to be gone. I, I, I am ashamed of you, sir. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not happy. Okay, what, what's, what's well, this? Well, I, well, I, I hate... I, I'm not going to rip George straight. That, that actually that was a couldn't cover. have been him. No, no, no. It was a cover. No, no, no. no. It, okay. it was a cover because, according to the terms of our usage on here, the George, playing the actual song could get us in trouble. So I found George, sure. 18 year old pimply kid singing it. There you go. <laughs> okay. As long as you had a reason, because I'm sitting here going, now that right there is sacrilegious. No, no, no. I, I played it for a reason. Um, okay. Well, we so can go along with he, that. Okay. He, carry on. George, carry on. he's singing, carrying your love with me as he sends his, as he sends a little toupee off down the river. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see somebody picking that up? Look, we found a squirrel hide. <laughs> It has blood in it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, geez. Okay. So, Gosh, I'm lost. I'm sorry. Um, he looked, Stan Lane looks so much better without that extra 10 pounds of hair on his head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and I just introduced Justin today to the fabulous ones. So yes, I was just going to say something about that. He, he I don't know what's worse that that damn video you showed me or, or his his weave he was wearing. Oh, yeah, the, Justin has actually now saw the fabulous ones video from Memphis, and he's scarred for the rest of his life. Mission accomplished. Okay, so what? I don't know what the hell that was. So Cornette. Um, uh, he's really hopping these matches up. There's four matches. There's four matches, and they're all going to be bloody. So Lane must have figured, well, it's time to lose this because uh, there's no amount of anything that's going to wash all that blood out of that. So he just ripped it off. 
And Cornette says that the Rock and Roll Express is going to be Napoleon and the bodies are going to be Waterloo. And I'm sure most I, I've got to make a comment right here. Okay. I, I try to take up for my Southern people, but you know there was somebody in the audience that was wondering what the hell Napoleon ice cream had to do with Waterloo. Uh-huh. Oh, I guarantee you. Like, I want my pink chocolate and white ice cream. I don't care what Waterloo is in. Yeah. Yep. So the Cornets building that up, that was a pretty good interview. We've got more from him later, though. Down and Dirty with Dutch. Bob Armstrong. Footage is edited from last week's show because it was, quite frankly, a bloodbath. And then we go back to Bob and Dutch. And Bob says that Sullivan had a bad grudge against Smoky Mountain because Sullivan wanted to come in and wrestle when Smoky Mountain first started, but he couldn't because he's a maniac and he was banned in America. So Armstrong says that Sullivan is still banned from TV, but he's going to bring in the Mongolian Stomper to fight Sullivan. Oh my God, that's awesome. Footage of the Stomper show fighting Bob Armstrong. Stomper. He finally he finally had a different fucking shirt on in the footage. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the footage. I was so, I was so happy. It was 10-year-old footage. He has something else on besides that damn gray plaid piece of shit uh, shirt. <laughs> He's still... <laughs> Andy, what was you going to say about... Was you going to make a comment about the Stomper? I just, I mean, around here, there was no bigger bad guy than the Stomper. Uh, generations spanned the Stomper's legacy. I mean, uh, that's all you had. To, you didn't even have to say Mongolian. No, the you just had to walk up to a wrestling fan and say the Stomper. Yeah. I hate that so big. You know, that, it, awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. But the reason, and it's a great reason. I mean, you're going to have the most evil dude in Smoky Mountain and a maniac, and he's killed Brian Lee for all intents and purposes. So who are you going to bring in to take care of the biggest maniac that you you could bring in? The biggest maniac of the past decade, the Mongolian Stomper. Yep. So. Arm- Sometimes you need a bully to fight a bully. That's right. Armstrong said he called the Stomper and said it was the first civil conversation that they'd ever had, but he had to bring him in to fight Sullivan. So. Bob Armstrong was fired up. Uh, he's not happy with Sullivan, so he's bringing in he's bringing in the ace early. Uh, you you can't get. I mean, aside from resurrecting <coughs> Bruiser Brody, they could have brought anybody else in that could have been as maniacal as the Mongolian stuff. And even around East Tennessee, Bruiser Brody wouldn't have made a big deal. No, he wouldn't have had the same mental impact in this region. No, but you say, hey, we're bringing back. Because when they first heard, what was it, the Mongolian Mauler we had earlier? Oh, God. Everybody's like, no, you, wait a minute. Why are you ripping that off? That, that's just a cheap imitation. But now you got the Stomper coming, and everybody's, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, we good now. The real deal's coming. So now we go back to the desk, and we have a paid commercial announcement. And so that's why they're playing it. I wonder where the NWO got that from. <laughs> you forget about all the, some of this stuff that was not invented in the Monday Night Wars. It was actually invented prior to that. So Sullivan has bought TV time so he can be on TV, much like the NWO does in the mid-90s. And you know who was booking the NWO in the mid-90s? Kevin Sullivan. So he's out, he's in the woods with the idiots, and 
Andy, I'm this <laughs> fairly close to your house. <laughs> hey, that's what that looks like the place I killed my first groundhog when that son bitch said there's going to be six more weeks of winter. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't believe him. We hadn't had uh, three, di- three days of winter so far. <laughs> the South. Gotta love it. So, um, what do we have here? Sullivan, he says that it wasn't for, if it wasn't for his benevolence, Brian Lee would have been hooked up to an embalming bottle. You, know, you can't, you can't get much what more. F- uh, come on. Clear cut. Than that. <laughs> might, might be pushing it a little too far there. I mean, I know he's supposed to be a maniac, of course, but geez. Well, I mean, he did almost kill. <laughs> There's a lot of blood. Well, that's true. Hey, I thought we did watch a murder, but uh, CPR was performed in the ring. I mean, he was convulsing. It was pretty. It was pretty. Serious. Yeah, by Bob Armstrong. That was useless. Say, <laughs> just, just let me die. <laughs> so Armstrong says that Sullivan was too violent, but that's never been proven. So Malachi <laughs> is he's making some weird guttural grunting noises. <laughs> yes, just sounds not. like he's trying to either push a loaf out. Or rub one out. I mean, come on. I, it's, uh, it's and, and, and he he doesn't he doesn't do anything but sit there and make noises. No. And you don't you never see his face either. But he's supposed to be like the Reaper. Yeah, I, I, I never even had friends that strange. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that was going on. I mean, I've had some strange friends, but now. <laughs> so this overall was a very good bizarre promo, which is what it should have been. And uh, then I liked that they played Sympathy for the Devil as they go out. And I'm sure yeah, they didn't have TV it, rights it, for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it it does seem like the Wyatt family, like back in the yeah, you know, modern-day Wyatt family. I mean, that's that's what it reminds me of. And and I get it. They pulled off well. Yeah, and, well, and Besides Sullivan's really Malachi's just, noises. He's kind of paying tribute to his florida run when he had that gimmick down there and he had the fallen angel and he had uh bob roop and uh gosh king curtis and all of them were down in florida with him so he had his own army down there and this is kind of, he's kind of doing the same stick here except he's in the mountains and not on the beach and if anybody knows kevin sullivan he's a nudist so he probably would rather be on the beach naked <laughs> than up in the mountain naked yeah because in the mountains it's cold shrinkage just you know yeah, and it was November at this time. So, True. match number three, Mr. Semi-Perfect, Robbie Eagle, and Tracy Smothers. Crowd, Crowd's hot for Smothers, for sure. And it's probably because he's got the Confederate flag. <laughs> hey, when you come out to the Confederate that's with it, the Confederate That's all it takes down there, I guess. No, 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 that, no, that, no. That and a mullet. <laughs> no, see, he come out with the Confederate flag, but what put him over the top? is when you had Charlie Daniels playing the entrance song. You put those two together, yeah. you could have Bob Cottle run out there in tights, <laughs> and the crowd would have been hot for you. Uh, <laughs> so, I would have oh liked to have seen that. So <laughs> Cottle says that Smothers has been on a tear. Uh, he's, he's wrestled twice, I think. Maybe not even that, maybe just once. Um, there's a contest that Dutch asks if he can enter. Bob says, with all your money, no. I don't. There's having some kind of contest, and Bob won't let Dutch enter. They obviously during these kind of matches, they just entertain themselves because that's the most entertaining part of it. Bob says it, Sullivan should, and that's why they're so. I mean, I know we've talked about this 
incessantly, really, but it's what makes him so great. Oh, yeah. They can make this shitty matches, squash matches like this better. I mean, you look at the guys today. They they are horrible. Oh, God. I don't want to talk. <laughs> but anyway, we won't have to get into that. Uh-huh. So, Michael Coleslaw, good Lord. Bob, oh, yeah. Bob says that Kevin Sullivan should be put somewhere. He's he's definitely uh, – he don't want Sullivan anywhere near Smoky Mountain. Trace, and Woodridge is right down the road. Yeah, it was close. Smothers hits the jawjacker for the win. It was a pretty quick squash. Dutch says not too many people scare him, but Kevin Sullivan scares him. So I like that because, like we said last week, Dutch Mantel's one of the – I mean, he whips people with a bull whip sometimes, and he's been into some scuffs. But when a guy takes it to the next level, he's playing it up that even he's afraid of Kevin Sullivan. So that gives it a little more legitimacy. Oh, yeah, because anybody else, he'll mouth off about them as long as they ain't there. And with Sullivan, even though he ain't in the building, he's too afraid to say anything. Right. So we go back to the desk, and we have a dream match next week, which will be the Bodies and Jim Cornette versus the Rock and Roll and Ronnie Garvin. And Cornette absolutely, positively loses his crap during this interview. He goes <laughs> nuts. The Bodies drag him away. It was real quick. I mean, it lasted thirty all of thirty seconds. But Cornette, he was he was beside himself. He damn near had a stroke. Yeah, it was bad. So we go to the main event, which was match number four, which was the dream match, Stud Stable and the Fantastics. So the Dirty White Boy and Ron Wright are out to the desk, and Wright says that it's just a gimmick to get his man down, the uh, Lumberjack match. He's talking about the Lumberjack match. And Dirty White Boy says he's been chasing Horner everywhere, which is great because every time you see the TV, Dirty White Boy's been running away from Tim Horner, but uh, he's claiming that he's been chasing Horner, which is the perfect thing for the Hill to do. Just completely lie. So there's a small child walks up to Fuller when he bails out of the ring. I don't know what he was he was trying to accomplish. Hey, we're brave here in East Tennessee. He was going to try and whip Fuller's ass. I'm telling you, his mama hollered at him and made him come back, if you'll notice. There's only one person in the world – you scared of as East Tennessee boy, and that's your mama. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, uh, yeah the, the little boy definitely backtracked um, for some reason. So Dirty White Boy's still verbally assaulting. He's assaulting the Fultons also now, and he says he's going to beat Tim Horner's stinking brains out. I like the way he talks. <laughs> you can't get more southern country than the Dirty White Boy, but he's definitely clear into the point. <laughs> I'm just waiting for a stump of mud hole in him and walk it dry when they say it right. When they say it, yeah. <laughs> he says say it the right way. So the referee gets a bump. He gets bumped. Mark Curtis is down. All four men. Yeah, of course he is. There. He still is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> oh, that's good just, Lord. That's just going to the ring. Um, he gets involved and actually restores order. This is, I mean, something to be said about this. He gives the Fultons the upper hand. And then, yeah, what did, what did he say, Justin? Yeah, I coddled with a fuller got cocked. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? With this? Indeed he did. Yeah, yeah. he sure did. The, the dirty white boy and Ron Rod are just all upset because Dutch is playing it right down the middle. And then we get, it breaks down again, two women in the front row. You gotta, you're watching the episode. They're having a really, really good time. I, I don't know why, but they're having a good time. 
That's there was something snuck in the cowboy boots. I'm uh, just telling you. Yeah. Yeah. They were having too good of a time for the match that they were seeing. Dutch pulls Golden out of the way when Jackie Fulton's on the top rope. So Fulton's coming off top. Dutch, he grabs Golden by the arm and yanks him out of the way. And then Dutch counts a quick three, and they all three bail out. So um, that was kind of – well, there was one more thing. It was uh, or- Orndorff. What was that, Justin? Orndorff? Had yeah, and Orndorff, and I think it was in local interviews. Oh, okay. It, it, it was the same old shit with – when he says, he's gonna, when it's all said and done, he's going to stick Dixie Dynamite just like he did Danny Davis. Oh, wait a minute. I had a, I had a game about this. Uh, I, I am partaking in some Gentleman Jack, and every time there is a reference that may make you question the wrestlers a little bit, I'm taking a shot. <laughs> this is the <laughs> third shot that I've taken. The first? The third. Oh, the third. I was going to say. It should be like five or six. By the time we get to episode 44, it should be interesting. (laughs) Someone's going to have to go over Ricky's house and operate the table. Uh Uh-huh. So let's just go. We'll go ahead and go into episode 43 before we take our break. Um, We're at the desk. This week, Dutch's sign reads, I am naked. As am I. Next, oh God! The next sign says beneath my. Don't clothes. turn that damn video thing on. Oh, dude, dude, dude. Okay. Uh, so Dutch incorrectly calls Ronnie Garvin Jimmy Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, his kayfabe brother, which is really his stepson. I think so. It was. Or, hey, it's Kentucky. <laughs> whatever works. Match number one, Robbie Eagle, Mr. Semi-Perfect, and <laughs> Grizzly Adams against the Stud Stable. And we have the Fantastics at the desk. Dutch bells out, of course. He don't want nothing to do with them. Bobby says Dutch barged in last week on them, and he did. Studs dominate Fuller with, <laughs> with the hammer cocklock for the win. Um, over, Salute! Over Adams. Yeah. Take a shot. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, after the match, we have the, we're at the desk with the studs and they asked Dutch to be part of the stud stable. He puts a Tennessee stud jacket on and he accepts, which is actually leading to one of the best moments in Smoky Mountain history, not in the too distant future. So Justin will be, you'll, when we get there, you're going to like it. I promise. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Of course. And just looking at just looking at the jacket, I'm pretty sure I had a bowling shirt that looked like that at one time. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was the that was the fourth shot. Um, Ajax is not going to be able to. We're going to make it. We're going to make. We're going to make it through these. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, Bob Armstrong's at the desk now. Lee is recovering. The boy was injured pretty badly. Yeah. And at home, we are out with Brian Lee, and he's in his big gold bed. <laughs> oh, my God. He still lives with his mama. Uh, well, at least he don't live on Danny Davis's couch. Well, I'm not sure. There was a George Michael poster. So. There, was, there was. There was. That's kind of strange. Um, he looks like he just... Oh, God. He, he looks like he's just what? suffered from Bell's palsy, really. <laughs> what? And then he reminds. Well, I know you know he reminds us of uh, how 
How tall he is? His measure, yeah, how tall he is, how much he weighs. Why didn't he just die? My God. <laughs> everything everything I said about him last last week or last episode, I take it all back. He's that same cheesy bastard, you know, he's always been. But he's a little more interesting. It was We've so, got to give him that. A little bit. Yes, a little bit. The, the weekly weight and height check is just too much. Um, yeah. Basically, all he says is, he's, is he will be back and he's going to kill Kevin Sullivan. So Armstrong shows some more of the Mongolian Stomper highlights. It shows him beating Jerry Lawler in Memphis and actually beating Lawler for the Southern Heavyweight title. So, yeah. oh, God. Well, was that Lawler's first death on live TV? Because he got freaking. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> he got mauled. Yeah. It was hard stopping us for sure. Oh, God. That was awful. That was great. That's just a, since he didn't die, we can make that joke. Of course, if they <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have gone there if he, if he actually did. <laughs> Um, so, it was a vicious attack. Oh, God. Sullivan's back in the woods. Malachi climbs a tree now for some reason, and he's making monkey noises. Sullivan beats on him. Oh, God. Okay, I have had friends do that, so. Yeah, that's actually a little more intelligent than the noises he was making earlier. Uh-huh. Um, he says that at the uh, Thanksgiving Thunder, he's going to add the stomper as a notch around his neck. So Sullivan still he's and you can tell all three of these scenes were shot back to back to back. We have three episodes. He'll he'll have another video in the next episode because it progressively was getting darker, and they didn't have a very good camera filter, so she couldn't see <laughs> shit by the time they get through this third episode. Um, we go back to the desk with Danny Davis and Ronnie Garvin. I've, I'll probably have to take another shot. Garvin now has torn one of his sleeves off. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely have to take a shot. The right-handed one, I might add. Is, is this some sort of weird... I know the thing about the bandanas in the back pocket is something about the sleeve being torn off on the one side. <laughs> Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. Yeah, it's some kind of sick fetish they got. I don't know. Um, so I actually like this interview in all seriousness because Danny Davis is tickled. I'll put it the, uh, because uh, there, there, there's another one. Salute. Uh, Garvin says that he's going to raffles uh, Paul Orndorff's robot. So uh, that definitely is going to draw the ire of Paul Orndorff. Uh, match two: the Italian Indian Reno Riggins against Dirty White Boy. And the dirty white boy just beats the living crap out of Reno Riggins. Dutch goes off and he says that he's got, yeah, Dutch gets mad. He says that he has to announce, he has to commentate, wrestle, put the ring up, and now he has to referee. So, uh, what else is Dutch, what else is Dutch responsible for in Smoky Mountain? Go, Andy. Well, since he's part of the stud stable, I'm guessing clean up after the ring rats. Uh, Justin, any any other duties that uh, for Dutch Mantel? Uh, no, I don't. I don't got anything. I, I can't say anything else he, besides that. I mean, he might be hanging some posters in Brian Lee's bedroom. <laughs> Dirty White Boy starts calling Horner get... out as he whips on Riggins. Big power slam. He could have pinned him, but he didn't. And he nails him with a buck snort blaster. Horner hits the ring, and several lumberjacks come out with him for some reason. I, I know what they're doing. Dixie Dynamite, the Fultons, and Smothers, they throw the Dirty White Boy back into the ring. 
and I like how they show the fans how the Lumberjack match is going to be. Then Horner rolls up the Dirty White Boy. Dixie Dynamite counts a quick three, and Dirty White Boy, Horner gets him for the strap and his own mentally challenged mind. Shameless, purely shameless. Um, But it, I do really like the fact that the they, they show the fans. If you come to Thanksgiving Thunder, this is what you're going to see. Horner's going to beat the Dirty White Boy, throw him out. Yep. Four guys are going to throw him back in so he can beat him some more so he can't run away. It's just one of those little simple things they do without really shoving it down your throat, but they show you what it's going to be like and why you need to go watch the Thanksgiving Thunder Tour. Yeah, and not to jump ahead, but they do the same thing with the next segment with Cornette. You know, and I don't know, it just, it explains it to people that may not be hardcore wrestling fans. You know, hey, this is what you've got to look forward to. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing. we got to remember, and we've talked about this, in 1992, they're talking people into the arenas for the big shows. So the TV sets up the big shows. The TV never was meant to be groundbreaking television, even though it's really funny now looking back at it. And they had a lot of good stuff that happened on TV. It was always meant to set up coming to the live matches to see the big shows. And uh, Toothless Larger Lady in Pink in the front row right after this match. I can't do it justice. It's it's bad. Not one tooth in her head. Not one. Not one. Uh, It was disturbing. If that's all I I had to choose from between her and... Nitro Danny Davis, I'd probably stick him. I don't know, Rick. You might want to try a gum job. Okay. Uh, down and dirty with Dutch. <laughs> Cornette has got the bodies and uh, still thinking that Stan Lane doesn't have the weave anymore. Um, Cornette says it's just a big con job. He's goes He goes over the four faces of fear match again. And uh, Cornette says, dream match. Yeah, right. Because he's it's a conspiracy theory here with Cornette. He calls Garvin a, psych, a psychopath, homicidal, serial killer. <laughs> and what, what happened to What? Justin? There, yeah, did he? I don't know if anybody noticed, but in, in the locker room they were in, uh, you can see Ar- Armstrong's infamous one goddamn shirt hanging on a hanger in the back. It is. I didn't, I mean, it, yep. yeah. Oh, God. Yes. It, it's <laughs> right <laughs> above Cornette's head, right there beside Preacher. Oh, here's another I about great visual. Died. Armstrong walking around backstage naked. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Sullivan are running around. Oh, uh, good Lord. Uh, 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 Cornette, cal- he calms down. He says he's going to be okay. And the rock and roll will not get their hands on him. So he goes over the rules for every match. And yeah, Justin uh, Pritchard has got a tick and he's always had it. <laughs> it yeah, it must be. Yeah. He just plays with his hair a lot. It's he's weird. got dandruff. It's, it's just, it's, he's, he's just, uh, he, he needs a head and shoulders experience. I don't Please. know what the hell's going on with that. <laughs> he, he actually, actually, and I'm pretty sure he, you know, he ripped, well, not ripped. He borrowed heavily from Roddy Popper and Popper messed with his hair yeah, a little I, I bit that. and had that voice and that talk. And he's just doing the Popper on speed, which was Popper every day. 
basically. Yeah, really. That's probably why he's dead now. But well, I mean, I, I mean, he, he yeah, is. Your heart does. Right. It caught, at some point, it caught it catches, up to him. yeah. At some point, that kind of catches up. So sure. Cornick, yeah, he uh, Cornick calms down. He says that he's going to be okay because the Rock and Roll Express will not get their hands on him. And then he goes over the rules for. Oh, I already said that. But it, well, you know, he did say that he'll be okay, and they're not going to get their hands on him. So it was a really good promo. And it might have been Cornette's best promo so far in Smoky Mountain. That's actually saying a lot because he's had some really, really solid promos leading up to this. But this one was – it was on point. Oh, yeah. He's carried a lot of feuds just by his uh, promo ability. Oh, yeah. So we go back to the desk, and now Paul Orndorff says that he doesn't remember saying he would wrestle them both. <laughs> he just, he's looking around, Justin. He's he's definitely trying to remember something. He he can't believe that Garvin and that Nitro Danny Midget is trying to auction off his robe, and he's going to do a little bit of sewing so he can wear his robe again. He pulls it out of the bag, <laughs> and what is it, Justin? Hang on, I got to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a black it's a friggin' black nighty, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Andy, uh, what did we come in? Is that the technical term we use around here for that? Uh, that that right there be a night game. It wasn't a night it was a it was something oh. Mama wore when she told the kids that she's gonna have to shut the door for a while. Go ahead and shut the door, children. We need another field hand. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just don't. I'm just telling you how it works down here. That's why we have so many kids around here. I'm telling you, you had to have them to work the fields. Yeah, it's that's true. It really is. I mean, Free labor. It's a shame, but it's it's true. Um, <laughs> so Orndorff. Oh God! When he pulls this nightgown out, he has lost it completely. Now he rips it apart. Dutch is trying his best not to laugh. And Orndorff is, he is pissed. Garvin and Davis, they're in the ring taunting him. Garvin asks if he has the panties to match. <laughs> and he says that he's just so gorgeous. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep drinking. And he might be saying, I think Davis turns around, lifts up his robe to show his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to Orndorff. Are you kidding? I mean, come on. Uh, I know you've been. Uh, so I mean, I'm they, not trying to get you that drunk, but yeah, you know, they bail, they bail that out. was like that was the most blatant one ever of the of the night. It was. Uh, they bail. Orndorff hits the ring. They bail. Fans are chanting Paula, and Orndorff's just unglued. Uh, I really do like what they're doing with him because he has slowly went from just. I mean, he went from this guy that was a good guy to start with, but he's just kind of a you know a, a tough guy and a good guy, and then he went to this dark place where he just pile drove everybody and now he's to this place where he's lost his mind <laughs> so yeah uh, it's a very good progression with orndorf here through smoky mountain because his time in smoky mountain's not long he's he's about to be gone so they had a good uh, run with him for what they got so we go into the main event and uh lane is continually well, he's keeping continuity because he's keeping the headgear on. Even though he lost the, the, the hair that it was holding it in place with, he's still wearing the headgear. And Ricky Morton has been injured in the back. So Garvin and Gibson are out there, and Cornette is in his bright red unitard. Yeah, really. I mean, what, 
Uh, I thought his suits were bad, but man, how about that one? It's, how about uh, that that outfit? That was pretty. Uh, Might have outdid himself there. Yeah, that's uh, Jim Cornette special. Garvin, he pulls Pritchard's tots into a thong. I don't know why. Salute. Uh, <laughs> oh Guess I'm not the only one. All right, here's another one. Uh, so they get Cornet. Get Cornette. Um, they lay it into Garvin. Uh, a lot of stomping and kicking. Garvin gets the tag to Gibson, but they take over on him pretty quick. Cornette gets a tag. He stomps Gibson, and then he hits Gibson until Gibson just gets mad. And then Cornette offers to shake his hand and starts choking him. <laughs> I love that. I don't care who does it. It could be anybody. When the weasel um, manager starts – he do, they do that where they hit the they hit the good guy and then they try to make a play nice. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That never gets old. <laughs> so they, they get Cornette back out pretty quick. All four get in the ring. Cornette's in the ring with the racket. He blasts Gibson. Curtis calls for the bell. And uh, then we just, why, Andy? Um, we're pretty good with psychology, I think. I mean, yep. these, these guys in Smoky Mountain are not stupid. So okay. answer why Robert Gibson would put an abdominal stretch on after the bell. The only thing I can come up with is it was a simpler time and hindsight is 2020. Bazinga. So, I mean, uh, yeah, well, J- Justin. He, he really might have brain damage. I mean, <laughs> oh God. I mean, he, you look, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was he thinking? I mean, was, was he drinking I, Gentleman Jack or uh, before the match or <laughs> or Jack and Gentleman Jim or uh, yeah, but, yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Oh, uh, I'm not sure, okay. but anyway, it was a, it was. Uh, but, a, but, but but I mean, yeah, I mean that was hilarious. I I didn't notice it till I read uh, read your notes. Yeah. And I was like, well, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. It was definitely <laughs> a lack back. of uh, psychology there. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Not scientific. It's Robert Gibson. He he, he defies science some days. Uh, so we have another. Yeah, note. with that damn eye. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Possibly. No it's the eye of the tiger. It's the eye of Gibson. No tooth pink lady sighting again. Oh, <laughs> shoo. Uh, I have to say, okay, so during the local promos, um, I, usually we don't play a lot of crap on here, but there is no way I can do this justice. So uh, here is the local promo from, Jim, from one James E. Cornette talking about Thanksgiving Thunder. Get a close-up of this, Mr. Cameraman. Do you people up there in eastern Kentucky, you know what these are. They're all over the place, by the way. Sure you do. It's the currency of eastern Kentucky. It's a food stamp. I know you got a lot of them up there. So I tell you what, if they took these for admission at the Memorial Gym Thanksgiving night, you could get two of those little rugrats in for one of these. But, of course, they don't, so you're going to have to come up with 57 cents in American currency apiece. But I tell you what you do. Thanksgiving Day. After you sit down to that fine Eastern Kentucky tradition of the carving of the potted meat, then you come on down here to Memorial Gym, Rock and Roll Express, Heavenly Bodies, Falls Count Anywhere in the Building, Tag Team Title on the Line. And after you've enjoyed that Thanksgiving dinner that my Jefferson County tax dollars have bought your stinking family, 
Then you come down and you enjoy the Rock and Roll Express getting slapped around like the stinking dogs they are all over the building and out in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, uh, that may be one of the most iconic lines in the history of Smoky Mountain. After that Thanksgiving tradition of the carving of the potted meat, I swear to God, when I heard that, I lost all sense of bodily function because just—it's so true. It, it was cornet is just yeah, awesome. And the and the bad part is he even had the math down right because you can get fifty cents on you can pay fifty cents and get a dollar worth of food stamp. Uh, so he actually he had that broken down to the to the cent. He knew his audience. Uh, wow, <laughs> fifty-seven cents American. It reminds me of Richard Pryor when he was doing that skit where he was working as a Chinaman on the railroad. <laughs> we take that Yang money. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so I had to play that promo because you couldn't do that. There's nothing that we could do to done that justice. Uh, another local promo, Brian Lee. is Now you, Now this is one you got to watch because I can't do it justice by telling you about it. No. Watch this one. He's holding some frightened child. And they are the human family. I don't know. That must be their last name. It's definitely... Uh, what the hell else would they be? <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to say like they're they're a human like No, human. I that I, I believe that that would be their last name. Human. <laughs> Do what? The, that's their actual last name, human. No, I thought he was trying to say they're <laughs> human, human. <laughs> Why you can't put anything past this asshole? <laughs> so, so, so you know, so this adds a whole new layer to this. Oh my god, <laughs> Brian Lee, the guy that has George Michael on his wall, who also has no idea the difference between humans and aliens. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a strange looking little fella. Are you sure he's human? Oh you know my what? god. I got it. I, got it. I, I can it. see this happening. I know it. I got it. I know it now. The reason he tells us his height and weight every week is because he's alien and it changes every <laughs> week. <laughs> he's one of the lizard people. <laughs> Get Alex Jones and Jesse Ventura down here. Oh, I like Alex Jones. Let's not talk about him. Actually, I like Jesse Ventura too. Um, well, I do too, but that's the conspiracy people. They will get to the bottom of it. If they would. Uh, just, yes. So the, the human family uh, and their child is, is being held by Brian Lee. Um, human family, I have your child. Okay. Did he have, he, I mean, I don't wish anything on a, on a kid, you know, on a child or anything, but they act like this kid was had like a life-threatening disorder and he had like back surgery or something yeah well there is a kid later that i think i don't they they do a lot yeah i mean that's horrible i I mean i I don't wish it i mean no i mean yeah i I guess it was you know what i mean well, he may have to have back surgery because lee was holding him like he's folding up a goddamn accordion (laughs) oh my god So, yeah, onward. <laughs> Next. This with the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton says it's an eye for an eye. Well, of course he would say that. 
Um, it's all his eye is almost out, and so is Gibson's. And Gibson, and you, you know, that's the bad part. You would think with all the hairspray that Ricky Morton has that he would be immune to it, and it wouldn't hurt his eyes. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very true statement. So, and oh, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. They do, he does it again. Shut up. Shut up. Quit saying it. Rock and roll. Rock and roll is here to stay, not here to play, brother. Oh, if he's, I swear to God, I'm going, this is, that's how I'm going out. I'm going to stroke out one day and watch <laughs> one of these shows when Morton says that. You're going to find my carcass at the bottom of a YouTube Smoky Mountain video right as Morton says that. And that, um, that my friends, was episode what, a cl- what a clown. Number he 43. Just- uh, it's we've got one more to go. Holy God, we got one more to go. I'm not going to make it. Okay, so we got to take a quick time out right now, so I can try to regain some of my balance. And uh, breathe, we'll be, breathe. We'll be back and uh, finish this <laughs> right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Voice of Ring of Honors, Kevin Kelly here. I just want to make sure you're all subscribed to all of our great feeds here at Place to Be Nation. Now, it's really again? easy to do. Just head to iTunes or your preferred podcatcher app today and search for and subscribe to the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, Place to Be Nation pop feed, pro wrestling only feed, and, of course, the Kevin Kelly Show feed, which includes the full archives of my podcast. Subscribe, listen, and then rate us and leave feedback today. And of course, as always, enjoy all the great action of Ring of Honor Wrestling and everything presented to you on placetobenation.com. Place to Be Nation's JT Rizzero here, and I want to let you know that we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and placetobenation.com, and we offer them to you across two great feeds. On the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, you can check out Scott Criscolo and me on the Mothership, the Place to Be podcast with our famous Vintage Vault pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current-day wrestling with the smash hit clotheslines and headlines, our steady veteran main event, and the beloved monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on all pro wrestling super shows. We live wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series led by Ben Morse, the always contentious Dangerous Alliance podcast, and Survey Says, a fun look back at the good, bad, and ugly of WCW. On our very popular Place of Nation Pop podcast feed, we offer such great shows as the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular, Rank and File, NBA Team, Lucha Undead, Geek and Sassy, and a veritable podcast heaven for comic fans with hard-traveling fanboys, Sellers Points, Todd Weber's Conversation, and Imaginary Stories. Subscribe to both of those feeds on iTunes and rate and leave feedback for us as well. All of these shows, plus others, available at PlaySimation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. Be sure to support our site by using PlaySimation.com backslash Amazon when doing your online shopping, and download our free Place to Be Vintage Vault Refresh eBooks via the links on the right-hand side of our site. We also want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Rock, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, TheHistoryOfWrestling.com, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaySimation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. The PWO PTBN feed has changed its name. Now it will be known simply as Pro Wrestling Only, so it should be easier to find and indeed to say. All of your favorite shows are still here, including Where the Big Boys Play, Letters from Kayfabe, Titans of Wrestling, Tag Teams Back Again, This Week in Wrestling, and many, many more. 
including our full archives, of tremendous content. So make sure you subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only feed today. And we're back on Fire in the Mountains, episode number 40-something coming up here. Uh, 44. 44. <laughs> Yeah, we we got through forty two. Was that dude? Was that dude English? I mean, what the hell was that? No, he that's Parv. He is definitely he's English. He's the one of the hosts of uh, where the big boys play. On, oh one of our damn it! Shows. I I did it again. <laughs> one of our sister shows, which will not be our sister show much longer. <laughs> uh, no, um, yes, Parv and Chad do the where the big boys play, and he does letters from kayfabe. He's on quite a few of our other other shows. So yeah, pro wrestling only. Listen to all of our shows. They're, these guys are a lot better than we are. We just goof off and have fun, but these guys actually take it a little more seriously than we do. Um, as can be heard from this past two episodes, we're at the desk to start off episode 44. Dusk is, Dutch is Dusk. Dutch is wearing a mask for some reason and his stud stable coat. And he says his special guest today will be Nitro Danny Davis. That should be interesting. Uh, match number one, Little Nate, Paul Lee, and Tim Horner. So Dutch comments that he taught Horner how to do a suplex for some random reason, and not much happens here. Horner wins with the bridge. Uh, any comments on this match? I I literally had two notes. That was it. Yeah, less said and better. Okay. Yep. D- desk with Bob Cottle and Dirty White Boy and Ron Wright. And Ron Wright says he's been worried all week about this match, and they'll have four men down there to help Dirty White Boy. And Dirty White Boy gets upset, and he asks, what about the guys that was lined up? And Wright says that some of them backed out, but not to worry. It's funny because for just a second, you think that the Dirty White Boy's mad at Ron Wright, and then he he can't be mad at his manager, so he just has to trust him. So he's, he's, everything's going to be okay. Um, we go to a taped interview with Brian Lee, and he has moved from his bed to a, a, a couch now. So he's on the, he's in the healing process. He's I'm sure I'm sure he's still six foot ten and four hundred pounds and human. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I, see, I'm starting to think during this little interview that the like the robot he, he sent the robot to do it because the whole time I am going to come and get you, Kevin Sullivan. I am angry. You know what? He's doing Durr. he's the Terminator. he's trying to do the Terminator. I just realized this. He does have the Schwarzenegger look. I mean, uh, six foot ten, four hundred, two hundred pounds of muscle. He speaks English about as good as Schwarzenegger. God. <laughs> um, let's let's hope he wants to be back. Uh, yeah, desk Bob Armstrong. He says that the Thanksgiving. Th- okay, this is weird, uh, which will be covered several times in the episode. But let's just go ahead and talk about it. Th- since they done three tape, uh, three episodes during the taping. Thanksgiving Thunder was actually, it was like, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This yes, is the Saturday. we were like two or three days in. This is, uh, this is the third day of Thanksgiving Thunder, but we're taping it three weeks before Thanksgiving. So uh, it's weird because they're having to acknowledge the fact that you're watching this on TV today and Thanksgiving Thunder is happening tonight. Uh, it's just a little strange. Um so the Stompers coming back just for Kevin Sullivan. He says that he's going to enjoy watching the Stomper take Kevin Sullivan apart. And we get highlights of the Stomper against Dennis Condry. Holy, I had no idea that Dennis Condry looked like this when he was that young. Uh, and Condry just got the crap. I mean, Condry got really beat up in this match. 
And uh, yeah, he was he was having a, a seizure just as much. <laughs> it looked it looked like he was. So we go to our paid com- weekly paid commercial from Kevin Sullivan, and now since it's been all taped in one setting, we are basically hit the pitch black of darkness here. Um, Sullivan says that Armstrong has shaken hands with the enemy, and he was strapped to the tree of woe, and he knows pain. So that's where that comes from. Well, he, I think he'd done that before, but he actually talks about the tree of woe here. He says that he wants Lee to read up on near-death experiences. I mean, Sullivan's just good. Okay, I got to stop for just a second here. Okay. Uh, note to all millennials, the library thing that he spoke of is a place that you can borrow actual books to read. Back to you, Ricky. Yeah, he talks about a library. Nobody, I forget nobody knows what that is. Google is not a library, people. <laughs> uh, uh, or Wiki- Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not a library. It may seem like it, but it's not. Um, desk with Tracy Smothers. He says, it's a pleasure to be back in the South. The best things in life are free. And you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of a boy. God, I'm glad he didn't mess that up. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, Whoa. Maybe, he has, maybe he has half a brain, I guess. Yeah, or I got to take a shot. Unlike, well, <laughs> oh, another one. He says that he's at least, he does say Southern Bells this time instead of Southern Boys, so he's improved. And he says that he's on a stairway to heaven. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> headed up to Freebird Mountain with me. Yes. You lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Um, unless you're with Terry Gordy. And then you'll drink. And drink and drink and drink. Dirty du- dirty du- Danny Davis against Jeff Daniels. Um, <laughs> dirty Danny Davis? What the? Well, I mean, he's a dirty duck and Danny Davis has got a, a weird combination here. Bob with a straight face, I guess, because I don't, I can't see it. Says that nobody knows who Dixie Dynamite is. Come on, Bob. That poor kid with the light pole in the front row knows who Dixie Dynamite is. And he was licking the chair five minutes ago. <laughs> Confederate kick. Yes, they were doing the Confederate kick chance. Oh, God almighty. Uh, Dutch is actually trying to be complimentary in saying that Daniels is a decent wrestler, which is completely inaccurate. And uh, he beats up the he beats up Danny Davis early. Quick comeback, Danny Davis with the uh, Andy. What is it? <laughs> Confederate kick. <laughs> just yes for the win. Um, the Night Stalker does attack both of them, and he kills Jeff Daniels with that power bomb. That may be the last we see of Daniels because uh, he, he 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 laid it in. Uh, Little Nate gets beat up. Robbie Eagles get beat up. Reno Riggins, he comes out and he gets beat up. And then Horner and Smothers finally come out and they beat the Night Stalker away. Um, they do not beat him off. <laughs> I was waiting for that. They they take him out uh, before they beat him off. Down, down and dirty with Dutch. Uh, Dutch says, how long does it take to keep his nose out of Paul Orndorff's business? And then he asked him, how long is he going to sell that neck? Now, I mean, Dutch, okay, so Dutch, every time he interviews a face, he plays a coward, except tonight, because even he's not afraid of Danny Davis. This is. Well, you know why, don't you? Uh, why? He's part of the stud stable now. Stud stable is not afraid of little fellers. 
Good point. Didn't think of it that way. Yes, the stud stable is is definitely not afraid of little people. Um, he asked if Danny Davis is going to be in Knoxville, so he says yes. Orndorff says, who does this little pipsqueak think he is? He says his head looks like it's coming through a toilet <laughs> for some reason. Davis yeah. asked him if he has any conscience, which that's no. Orndorff definitely doesn't. Um, he, said, he tells Danny Davis to stay home with the kids and let the wife do the work. Oh, uh, poor Paul. <laughs> I know. And Orndorff forgets his lines again. I mean, he, I mean, how many strokes has he had in this episode alone? I mean, it's only one night, right? Yeah, it's one It's one taping. He was... Uh, one taping? Yeah. He, yeah, he might, might need to get... Man, he, he's had a rough he, go of it. Yeah. So Danny Davis, he shoves Orndorff. Paul knocks him down. But Davis takes off the neck brace and he jumps up and chokes Orndorff. Dutch just gets out. He's like, "Screw this! I'm not. I'm, I'm already refereeing and everything else. I'm not breaking up the fight. No security tonight." Davis now starts. He gets the boots laid to him, and Coddle tells Dutch that he lost control. <laughs> Dutch is mad at Bob. Uh, fans are chanting for Garvin, and Garvin does come out and save him before the pile driver. And uh, that sucks. That's okay, and and this leads up to something that it's a minor thing, but I'm sorry it bugged me ever since I've seen the barrier where the fans are. They have this little bitty bar that's about a foot off the ground, and Orndorff trips over it trying to get out, and I've waited this whole taping to see somebody trip over it because it's just the right height, and it's there for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, yeah, but Orndorf bails and apparently he almost gets impaled by a, a three inch pole, <laughs> according to Andy. Salute. <laughs> so God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I'm at my limit. The heavenly bodies against Mr. Semi-Perfect and Reno Riggins. And, uh, you know, honestly, as much as I've said about him earlier, Reno Riggins isn't a bad worker. I like, I, I think he's kind of a step up from Joey Maggs or step sideways. It's it's the same guy, pretty much. Or, or, or Golden Shower. He's yeah. a little bit better in Golden Shower, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like a diagonal move. <laughs> it's a, it's, yeah. The bodies are going to work on his leg. Um, Robbie Eagle looks like a deranged Cabbage Patch kid. He really does. Uh, Eagle, he tries to get the fans fired up. <laughs> when he's trying to get the fans fired up, though, it really looks like he's having a stroke. I don't know if he's ever seen somebody fire up the crowd, but that's not how you do it. <laughs> it was a squash match. I mean, just make fun of the people in it. That's the only thing you can do. So, uh, Justin, what uh, what about Cornette? No, uh, Cornette, I mean, he... he... I was paying attention to him the whole time, but he was screaming at the fans nonstop about being on welfare again. And <laughs> I mean, it was nonstop I don't screaming, know. and it was audible. I think he was uh, screaming at somebody about being a lazy truck driver. I guess. Well, hell, at least I, I guess he. Yeah, I don't know. He, it was funny though. Now I'll I will say this because I don't know when this happens in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and I really can't remember. I think he lays off a few weeks after this happens. Or maybe for a while. But there is a point somewhere along all these tapings where Cornette's doing that spill and he's yelling at a woman and, and her mother. Something about welfare. And I, I know I can remember this or I'm just delusional at this point. 
But he's yelling at him about the welfare thing, and they they real they start crying. And you can see, and I'm I'm pretty sure that this it, happened. It was actually like legit. Like, yeah, like legitimately, they started crying, and you could tell that that bothered him. Like he really went over the line because he said something about welfare, and apparently, I'm sure they probably were on it. And I really think for a while after that he'll stop this. And I don't remember when this happens, and and maybe it didn't. Maybe I dreamed this, but I am pretty sure sometime along this run we'll we'll see this episode or. Or when this happens, because he do, he's done that bit forever. But I'm I'm pretty sure that this happens in Smoky Mountain. Andy, do you do you have any vague recollection of this? That does sound familiar, but I can't place. I was wanting to think it was after one of the fire on the mountains or something. Okay, I will have to. I, I think it happens. I really think it happens somewhere, and there's they actually legitimately cry. So, um, it, 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 and the, these Midians, like I mean, at this point they. They think this is real. Obviously, we've talked oh, about yeah. this many times. Oh yeah. And, and, and oh I, yeah. And, and I do. I, that actually is kind of. It is kind of sad. But maybe if we get to that point. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure when we get there, way off. We'll make fun of it. So don't worry about it too much. Yeah, probably. Maybe. So they're really maybe, not. No. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe lay off a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're I'm, just, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> making promises. So they're hopping up the afternoon in Knoxville with their barbed wire cage match and uh, killer Kyle's trying to look intimidating or something in the background. Yeah. He, he may be trying to do an undertaker kind of gimmick thing. I don't know. Um, then we go to the Smoky Mountain Rock and Roll Highlight video package, and the boys are back in town. Oh my God! A fucking back. thin, thin, <laughs> Liz, thin Lizzie song. Are you kidding me yeah. with this? It, it was a very uh, long promo for the Rock and Roll. <laughs> you want a long? I mean, I'm talking that was five minutes cool. of heaven. Oh God! Oh, shit! <laughs> that that was a, that was. A, like probably 15 minutes in a 15 minute show <laughs> are you kidding me it seemed like it it really did it kept dro- going double. and going God. and going come on this is like hitting the lottery you know, double, would... double drop kicks raining from the sky and you two are ungrateful uh, <laughs> just, oh, i was grateful when it ended <laughs> um i, I mean I, I i kept on i mean this is supposed to be entertaining stuff that was it was weak shit Oh, uh, shoot, shoot! I went out and got bandanas and put them around my pants legs just for that. You had time. <laughs> yes, you went to. Well. Andy actually drove down to the Kmart, bought bandanas, came back, and the video is still playing. Well, I feel uh, bad for you, seriously. Oh God. Okay, so <laughs> we go to the dream match now, and this is for the title: the Ronnie Garvin against Dirty Watt Boy. Why are they giving this away on TV? Um. I, you know, going in, these are two guys who are just going to beat the crap out of each other. So it's all—it's always going to be entertaining when they fight. Tim Horner to the desk, and God Almighty, tripping all over his words. Eloquent, he is not. Just guy can't. T- he's Paul. He's the—he's the the, he's the, the uh, face version of Paul Orndorff, except I like Orndorff better, much better. Well, well, he here, here's the thing, and I think we we've talked about this before. He was okay in the beginning of the of the promotion to be a good. Uh, I guess we're almost a year in now. Yeah. Close. Out, yeah, we are. Well, I mean, and he, and he, their and first tapings were technically in October. They didn't air till March, but really they are a year in um, for time that they had taped. So, yeah. 
Okay, I mean, and, and he was okay in the beginning. He is um, the main face guy. I mean, he was a hell of a lot better than Brian Lee, at least at the time. Yeah, we have better but anyway, options now. I'm sorry. As a, now we have better options, though. Yeah, but he is a exactly. good stop. I mean, he is a it good is stop. T- it's time to bury his ass. Go away. Uh, it'll happen it's, sooner, it's soon opinion. enough. I mean, uh, the sure. allegedly the um, the story has always been because Horner was one of the primary investors in Smoky Mountain. Well, he was going to be pushed pretty hard. <laughs> Well, sure. Well, I mean, that makes sense totally. I mean, of course. If, if you're going to put the money it into be. it, you're going to make sure your ass is on TV. Yep. All right. So we um, Gar, we have the dream match. Uh, Garvin, hard chop, knocks down dirt. I mean, it was a hard enough chop where you could have probably heard it in Oak Ridge. Andy, uh, Ronnie Garvin, actually, Good. I think he had better chops than Ric Flair. I mean, if we get right down to it. They were stiff, and they oh yeah, they hurt. You could tell. Uh, uh yeah, I, I just wonder. Oak Ridge didn't go into lockdown thinking somebody was trying to bomb them or something. I mean, that was a shock. And Dirty White Boy is a tough man. I will not take anything away from him. And you could see him wince, and that was not that wasn't put on. <laughs> that hurt because it hurt me watching it. So <clears throat> Tim Horner basically admits that Garvin is a tougher man than him. I say. At the desk, you're trying to build up your big Thanksgiving thunder saying that this guy's fighting him right now is tougher than me. That's a good way to draw people in. Uh, like, why are they not watching Garvin fight him? Because he's fighting over a freaking negligee in the underwater. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> it really is. So in the ring, they're just hitting each other in the face really hard, but it's entertaining. We do finally get a double knockout. Ron Wright tries to give the dirty white boy a foreign object. Tim Horner breaks it up. Garvin with a KO punch. Ref counts to two, but stops because, because Orndorff throws in a chain. So he disqualifies Ronnie Garvin and gives Dirty White Boy the win. Then another referee runs out there and disputes the finish. And um, then we get a break because the referees yeah. are arguing. Yeah, it's that little twerp. And what the hell? They hire him from that high school they were at? Or what? Uh, yes. He just got through with the basketball game earlier. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> Would you put on this referee shirt? Why, sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he totally didn't look believable at all. But, oh, God. Yeah. So Whatever. We get local promos, and I put this one in here because Horner says that if he wants money, I don't know where the – this is one of those promos where you don't have a clue what's going on. He <laughs> says if he wants money, he knows where to go, and he looks at Ricky Morton. Probably, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if he wants a hand shake, he knows where to go, and he looks at Robert Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Think about it. Who has the money? The pimp has the money. The hoe gets the hand. So are you saying that the Rock and Roll Express, or uh, would you like to spell out what you think of the Rock and Roll Express? I thought you were there. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that Horner is so stupid, he, do, he doesn't understand what's going on. That he's he made him look. He made him look like a pimp and a hoe because of his eloquent speech patterns. I, I just thought that maybe he meant hand job, and he said handshake. <laughs> and this is my final shot of the night, people. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I was gonna say poor, 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 poor one. At this point, I'm just trying to get you so drunk that you pass out and you record like 12 hours of audio and have to go back and cut it. Uh, a a boot and scootin' boogie on your butt. 
Yeah. He, yeah. After all this crap, I'm this not, is what I Tim Horner says. I, I mean, I, I know it. I know it's a Brooks and Dunn song or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> he just on. <laughs> he, he just needs to stop while he was while he was behind. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Salute. Uh, okay, so we're at the desk, and Bob Armstrong declares Garvin's, Garvin's the winner. <laughs> And he can't give him the title because the three count didn't occur. That's horse crap. And the stud stable come out after all this mess, and they're not happy. And uh, I found Robert Fuller's entrance music by Random Chance earlier, and here, here it was. They just cut it from the TV show. So that's what uh, that's what uh, Fuller walks out to um, during. The, uh, did you know that if you YouTube, uh, there there is a uh, what is this called? Porno Groove: The Sounds of Seventies Adult Film. You can find this on YouTube. Didn't know that existed, but I do now. Uh, and this is why Ricky usually stays sober during these shows. Yes. <laughs> Stud Stable are not happy though. And he says that they are the finest tag team, and he calls caught a little feller, of course. <laughs> and uh, Armstrong says that he's going to give him a title match against the bodies, and he'll talk to him about it next week. And then he says to kiss his grits for some reason. Uh, what was that show? Um, Alice Mel's. Uh, was it Alice? Was that the name of the show? Kiss my grits, Mel. The diner playing. That's where she. What's where? Uh, I think it was Alice or no. something like it. Anyway, but I've actually is, heard of that Southern term. Kiss my, grit, kiss my grits. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, but yes, this is leading uh, into the promised land, right, Andy? He, he, I'm, I'm still in shock over Justin no her and kiss my grits before. I, yeah, I well, don't know what to say. Yeah, I know that is impressive because that is, a, that's definitely a Southern thing. Um, but Armstrong, let's emphasize this. He's going to give the stud stable a title match against the heavenly bodies. Yeah. Think now about think that. about that for a moment, audience, and we'll get back with you next time. Yes. Uh, it, it's leading into one of the bloodiest, best matches in Smoky Mountain history. Let's put it that way. And uh, they're going to ramp it up for sure, coming up with uh, that deal that they're going to have. So we are into Thanksgiving Thunder. I've looked. And I cannot procure anywhere through nefarious means or not a tape of Thanksgiving Thunder 1992. I don't know if it didn't exist or what. So next show, we will just cover the TV like normal and they'll talk about Thanksgiving Thunder and we'll talk about it with them because we can't actually watch the show because it doesn't seem to exist. So sorry about that. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I tried I to look for it. I can't. After. I couldn't find it. And there's, I've got the whole library of Smoky Mountain that I know exists, and I don't have it. So, I guess it's not out there. Yeah, go figure. Since it's, it's a, you know. Oh yeah. Basically, their pay per view, if you want to call it that, whatever. Yeah. But. Hmm. And, uh, so three more episodes in. Um, not quite as strong, obviously. You can't top what they did last week. You've got to let you've got to let the balloon deflate just a little bit. I mean, you're building towards Thanksgiving Thunder, but you can't have what we had last week. 
So, it, but it's still a good progression. They're still building a lot of storylines. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Andy, what do you think about these three episodes? Well, like I say, I mean, you always have to have just a little bit to let the audience have a chance to breathe, take in what you've seen, you know, develop what you're going with just a little bit more, add a few little wrinkles. And then, like I say, they come in with Thanksgiving Thunder for the big payoff. So it, it, it was good for what it was. Yeah, Justin, what did uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I I second a lot of the stuff you guys said, but uh, I, I honestly think uh, Orndorff carried this these uh, tapings with his rhetoric, I guess if you want to call it that. Mm, yeah, I can do without all the Rock and Roll Express idiocy. I mean, they overload it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I get why they do in some senses because. They get pop. They, they they get pop. Oh yeah. The, the, well, that's why. But, I, they, they did kind of overload that. Vid- that was a long video. I mean, all yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It, that that was way over the top. I mean, I remember like, even last episode we covered, uh, which was excellent. Um, they, they they overloaded with them too. But oh yeah, it is what it is. All but right. you know, I, I like where the promotion is going. It's get, it's getting more entertaining. As we go forward. Yeah. Less, yeah. less corny. And, and we're honestly get, getting, I mean, 93, 94 is Smoky Mountain Peak. I mean, we, we're not even, we're still building up. We're still going up the ramp on the roller coaster tracks. And but, so, we, I mean, we're, we're just on the incline right now. We're not even close to the top. Right. And, and I look forward to that. I mean, it, it's um, promising. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, so uh, that's three more episodes in the book. We hope to have another episode here in the next couple of weeks of the next set of tapings, which will be, I don't know how many episodes, two or three. And, um, yeah, our last episode, good, got, I got some good feedback from some private messages and things. We appreciate everybody that listens to us. So we just do it for fun. And I know um, some of the bigger podcasters and some of the other uh, shows – you know, they're begging you to donate money and, and I get it in a way because some of these guys do more and they put more into their show. But if you ever feel the need to donate anything because you like our show, donate it to the children's miracle network or the Ronald McDonald house. We don't, I mean, at the end of the day, we're doing it for fun and we just hope you enjoy our show. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the other thing you'll get with us is we don't care if anybody ever comes on this show, obviously. Yeah. You know, we're going to tell you what we think. We're going to have fun with it. And hopefully everybody enjoys it. Yes, indeed. Uh, Justin, any closing yeah. thoughts on this uh, random? <laughs> well, I mean, that was well said. I, I, I couldn't have said it better, really. I mean, it. we don't need, you know, we do it for fun. Yeah, it, period. Fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's quite obvious. Yeah. We're not professional. And, 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 we never will be. <laughs> Uh, but, now? but we're going to do it for fun and uh, hope we hope we keep building an audience and people uh, keep responding well to these shows so i guess that'll wrap it up for tonight so that's another episode in the books you've been listening to fire in the mountains smoky mountain wrestling Carolina home at 
dreams about the West and started to roam. Six long months on a dust-covered trail. They say heaven's at the end, but so far it's been hell. And there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air. Golden them hills, and it's waiting for me. Waiting for me there 